Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm Rui dos Santos alongside Jason Regu, as always. Jason, what's going on, brother? How we doing? We are back. We are back. And I mean, I wish it was under better circumstances, but, you know, uh, we're going to get into all that stuff. But before we do, we got a special guest. It's another special episode. I feel like we've been just doing a bunch of special episodes uh, since our hiatus. You know, we had the special episode because we were back for the first time in 2024. Then we had a special episode because it was, you know, the second podcast of the week. We never do that. And now the third episode of the year, it's special because we have a good friend of ours as a guest. He's a Benfiquista. He is a contributor to Nino's Too Good Tuesday show that Jason and I like to go on, uh, and that's a great show to tune into. He is the co-host. Uh, he's the co-host. He is the host of <laughs> Mr. Benfica podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Agustinu. Follow his podcast page at Benfica Mr. Mr. Benfica, Mike Agustinu, how's it going, man? What is up, guys? Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man, we're super super ecstatic. You know, we got a big game ahead of us, right? Because huge. Why, I mean, <laughs> I think you it's the game be, of the season, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah, one of the really one is. of the bigger one, ones for sure. I think one team's season gets derailed Sunday. Yeah, even in a draw, yeah. there may be no a draw could could do us both in. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Well, Yeah, a lot at stake here. I mean, Porto mm -hmm. just, the, the championship for Porto this year is, it seems to be second place. So this is mm -hmm. this is what is at stake. Mm -hmm. The Champions League money. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a, a lot, you know, a lot a lot to play for here. Uh, Benfica's gunning for the title and mm -hmm. they just, you know, not to rub it in your face, you guys just took a crazy result against Sporting. Mm -hmm. The round isn't over. Of course, there's a second no. leg to this. So there's always another part worse. to the story. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Jason, should we just, be, I don't know, should we just jump right into the Benfica stuff, uh, the game, or should we just touch up a bit on our recent performances, then go back to the the preview and talk to Mike about everything else? What, what are we doing here? Yeah, let's just talk about Joe Vicente a little bit. Just just some stats. Just highlight it, right? Like, Porto yeah, had let's... this game, right? We, we got too comfortable in this game. It was 1-0 for a long time. Mm -hmm. right? we, we, we scored in the 55th minute. So, even before then, the game was just in Porto's hands, right? Joe Vicente was sitting back. They weren't very threatening. They were just looking for the counters. We got, we got that goal. It was it was a decent finish. Um, hats off to Steven Nilsson once again. The only guy that can score goals on our team. And after, apparently Galeno after a penalty in. miss, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, literally. At least it doesn't say on paper that it's a P, you know? Let's, <laughs> just, say, penalty let's just say Steven Nilsson should never take another <laughs> penalty for Porto ever again. Let's just say that. I'm just glad he finished the rebound because I, I, I have a feeling a few guys on our team would have missed that. Just saying. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, Porto's still in I, control after that, but they just look too complacent. They're getting all these opportunities in the box, uh, just near near misses. I mean, like they probably had five goal scoring opportunities, didn't put one away. Like we were creating, we were doing fine, but you could just tell Porto were just they were happy with that one zero lead, and you knew something was coming. Like around the seventy fifth minute, Joe Vicente decided, like, hey, there's hope. Like it's one zero, we can grab a point mm -hmm. here, and you just saw them at counter after counter, they were getting threatening opportunities. And there you go. There you have it. Literally before the whistle, Joe Vicente has a counterattack. 
and we concede and it's 1-1 and just like that we drop two points just another game where we drop points this season and if just just look at these stats like porto had 58 percent uh, possession i already discussed that porto suck with possession we, we talk about that right where they thrived in the arsenal game because they weren't the ones with the ball we yeah. had 3.19 expected goals that's our xg in that game 3.19 that is high if people don't understand what that number is we can break it down on another podcast but that is a high number <laughs> to only score one goal Jovi sent out a 0.46 expected goals we had 18 shots seven on target five big chances and we tie the game once again because we're just not good enough this season porto at, is not good at least we beat arsenal <laughs> because they had the ball it's because they have <laughs> you, you know, I feel like we are like really. I mean, we could say that we've been like this team for a long time. But I feel like we're really becoming like Atletico Madrid of Portugal, where when you watch Atletico Madrid play against the smaller teams, they're like dominating in possession, but it's like they don't even know what to do with it. They can't finish. They actually have a harder time playing against these smaller teams to break down than they do when they play against, you know, the Valencias and the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas. And then when they go into the Champions League, they'll go all the way to the final or semifinals or whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Yeah, you made an interesting point uh, during the game. I I wasn't able to watch. I was sick as a dog. I've been sick for, I don't even know, all winter. We talked about it on the first episode back this year, how the winters are always just crazy with being sick and whatnot. But you made made a point on on Eva Nielsen. You tweeted out on the page during the game. He's a wonderful player, but he's lacking that... What is it? That killer instinct, that assa- that assassinator role, like just put the ball away, like Yarkis has, you know, like uh, like Taremi once had with us, just to put the damn ball away when you get to that opportunity, right? Yeah, dude, it's it's literally that he has no killer instinct, and uh, dude, it's almost like we don't have that anywhere on the like Pep's the only one with like any intensity, and the guy's forty one years old, but because like even the goal he conceded. That was Wendell and Diego Costa not communicating. No one wanted to take to step up to the plate. Wendell didn't even jump for the ball. Diego Costa just stood in his six for a ball that floated. Like it's almost like we're just like in this this ebb like this flow state where we're just like, oh, we're just chilling. Like it's not an intense Porto at all. Like we only mm-hmm. saw that versus Barcelona this season and against Arsenal. Only two times I've seen Porto, or I should say three times since we played Barcelona twice. Three times this season, Porto were intense. I didn't see it against Sporting when we played them. I didn't see it against Benfica both times we played them. I, I don't know where this yeah. intensity is, but we don't have it this season. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's like we're losing that fire that we were always known for. That garra, that tripeiro garra, right? Everyone in Portuguese football understands it. And if you're not a Porto fan, you know about it and it's annoying as hell. But it's like it's starting to fade away and it's it's scary. You know, it's it's scary for us for sure. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about that, Mike? 100%. It's uh, you say scary and I say relieving because um, <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to completely lose it. Uh, but it, it's turned down a little bit. It's it's not up to 100 anymore, at least hasn't been, which scares mm-hmm. me for Sunday because I think it's going to come out on Sunday. But, um, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's the teams fear. You know, it was always fear take going in to play Porto. 
And it can still, you know, you instill it with a win over Arsenal, but then, you know, a few days later or 10 days later, it's you take on a Gil, the Gil Vicente of the world, and, and, and like Jason said, you have 18 shots, and only one of them crosses the, the goal line, and it's it's the rebound on a penalty, like you said. And it's it that doesn't instill fear. And I think Porto, and I think of, you know, all the great goal scorers you guys have had that have tormented me my whole life, you know, Jardel, Falcão, Domingos. <laughs> I can go, go on forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going way back there. But it, it's, you know, Taremi at his, at his best, not the Taremi you have now, but the one you had in the past. Even Nielsen now finding the back of the net when he finds it. It's... It, there, there was always fear when when you'd see Porto at the on the other side of the pitch, and you knew at any minute they could destroy you if you made a mistake. And they, that team spirit that Porto had, I've always I don't like it, but I've always respected that team spirit, that unity that that team has always had. Mm-hmm. And it it extends to the fan base too. You guys are always one hundred percent behind your team, good times, bad times, and it does seem like that's that's falling apart a little bit for you guys right now. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it seems like there's division within the club for the first time. I don't know if it's because the president's being contested for the really the first time. Is this the first real election you guys have had where someone's a serious threat to him? Um, and it's starting to show a little bit of cracks, which obviously has given the rest of us some hope. But you guys have dominated Portuguese football my entire life, at least for the last 40 years. And it does seem like. There's there's hope now, and and it's I don't think it's just me saying that. I think you know Sporting seeing that Braga's like, oh, can we get in here? Can we make this a big four now? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's it's it just seems like you're being pulled back to the the pack. Like when you watch cycling, you know, you have the peloton that chases the leader, and for so long you guys are the leader of Portuguese football. I have to admit that, and it just seems like the 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 chase pack is starting to to reel you in a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. think I think there's blood in the water, and I think everyone mm-hmm. senses yeah, it. Good, in there, and like the sharks are coming. Like it's mm-hmm. what's happening, and our division's weakening us rather than strengthening yeah. us. And if we mm-hmm. this division, the divisions are there, like you said, and, and it's definitely I don't know if it's a new school versus old school, like guys just backing Pinto Costa. I don't know if it's just the the power that the guys have that are backing them. I don't know what it is, but when you when it's like closer to our generation, I I say like we're we're definitely looking towards like a new president but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people who aren't and that division is there yeah yeah you have to look for you know football's changed yeah. just just in a matter of you know the whole neymar transfer to psg just completely just changed football yeah. like we, we talk about inflammation uh, inf, in, inflation yeah. i'm sorry inflation inflammation yeah, yeah. inflation that too of, uh, <laughs> that, that's me being sick for like a week now <laughs> inflammation here yeah. but uh, um the inflation of of the prices right of of, of players just took off oh. of neymar and now that's mm-hmm. just really just changed football it's all about yeah. money and then you look at mm-hmm. the portuguese league you know there's no broadcasting rights there's really no, no earnings when you win the league it's no you know you get a silverware it's you don't yeah. get that much more than the second place guy and our earnings no. are the champions league it's our transfers it's yeah. it's all this um and i feel that benfica over the last 10 years i think they've slowly i, I think they i think you can say that they've been the better team in portugal for the last 10 mm-hmm. years i think the 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 ties have changed mm-hmm. and they're much more prepared for the modern day football than Porto is. And I think that's where the frustration is among the fans because they realize mm-hmm. that football is different and, and 
finishing in the Champions League spot is everything. It's more important yeah. than winning the league because without mm-hmm. Champions League, you're not going to be able to invest, take the chances, and to just give the club resources that you need to succeed. It's 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 a story for for the big three in Portugal. Yeah, and you might if, not even keep what you have if you don't make you you won't keep what no. you have if you don't get into Champions League. Is that, it, that's it's not even about bringing in more. It's keeping what you have becomes yeah. hard. Just exactly. entry is what it's about forty five million now. It was forty yeah. like a year. Yeah, it's ago. around there. Give yeah, it something like, 40, like that. Yeah, just just being in the Champions League is forty five million mm-hmm. off your balance sheet and revenue. Yep. And Porto, yeah. like Porto is in debt. Like it's a joke. You, you've done all this good business and. So we've overextended ourselves for what? For what results? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For what? I mean, 60 it, million in debt and we're we're looking at FIFA fair play nonsense. We can't buy this guy. And then now we're doing, we just, I feel like there's just bad business all over the place. We look sloppy. We yeah. Really and to be fair, I think debt is okay because yeah. I mean, in, yeah. in the yeah. long run, every, every football club's in debt, right? But you have mm-hmm. to control it. And you have to have the right, exactly, with the results, with the proper business decisions, making the maximum on transfer deals that Benfica have been doing excellently for the last, you know, five, six, seven, ten years, whatever it is. And Porto have lacked it in the last four or five years. And this is where the uprise in the revolution and the frustration among fans wanting change because football has changed. And I love Mm -hmm. Pinto de Costa to death. I think he's an incredible president. Um he he's done a lot for Porto. He's done a lot for Portuguese football, but I think he just fell asleep the last, you know, seven, eight years and Porto have, have suffered for it. And we're fortunate to have won three league titles. And I, I credit mm-hmm. Sergio Conceição dearly for a mm-hmm. lot of that success. Yeah. Um, but things do need to change because we're, we're running on fumes and this can no longer continue. And that's where the change. And this is where, a lot of Porto fans, especially the younger generation, they're mm-hmm. they're taking notice. They see what's going on and they want change. And that's the whole division. I think it's showing. You're absolutely right, Mike. I think you're seeing the frustration being being represented on the field. And I think it's the outcome of poor decisions over the years. So I wouldn't even yeah. I wouldn't even say Pinto Costa fell asleep. I just think he's getting old. And that, that I think position, it just passed him by. That yeah. that position's not for an old guy. It's just no. not times yeah. change. He's given this club. He's made this club what it is today, in 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 the history of football and the history of Portugal. Pinto Costa made this club what it is today, but he's not he's not ending it gracefully at all. Mm-hmm. He's past his time. Yep. No, I I mean I said this before. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. Right? Exactly. Great yep. quote from The Dark Knight. Right, and I think <laughs> it's starting to. I don't want it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it to be this bad for Pinto de Costa, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens in the elections. Listen. But we're not here to talk about like. Hold on, we're Hold here on. talking about Porto problems. There is one way, have... <laughs> one way to save Pinto Costa, and then he can retire if Sergio Conceição pulls a rabbit out of the hat and he wins the Champions League. But I just don't see it happening. That would be a that would be a that... kind of a Porto thing to do. <laughs> But we're asking for a lot. That's here. too much. That's asking for way too much. Hey, if we beat Arsenal, I mean, I think football wins. In that yeah, that's you know, true. and that's then true. listen. So let's focus had, on that. One their game salary, at a time. Their salary is five times our salaries. Just think about yeah. that. 
Five yeah, what, times. What they paid for Havertz is more than our like salary bill. It's like nuts. Right. They should have some this shame. Morning. The discrepancy in salaries, they, it's five times more. Like it's five point something, but it, just, to, just to call it a square number, it's five times our salary budget. It's, it's ridiculous. We're not yeah. even talking about player fee spend, any of that stuff. We're just talking about salaries. Mm-hmm. Five times. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot. And hopefully we just... Hopefully we pull through on this one. We got to celebrate somehow this season. And hopefully it's this weekend, but I'm not feeling too confident. So that's the segue to the next part of the show. Let's actually talk about this game. Mike, we got you here. Not to talk about <laughs> Porto politics, you know, even though we can, uh, even though it's like, it's, you, you can, you can see it in me. It's, it's so mm-hmm. painful just to talk about yeah. it. And I think just a little bit, I think you're loving it, Mike. I think you're loving it. <laughs> I lived it a few years ago. It's, yeah. it, I think all three of the big, the, you know, Sporting had their, their issues too. They had, you know, their club attacked on the training ground and they, had a president that was again the old people the old guys loved the young guys wanted someone else and they've had their I think all three teams have gone through their issues recently so it yep. all sounds very familiar yeah the circle of football life I guess it mm-hmm. comes in waves comes and goes that's for sure exactly all right. we got a big game this weekend guys a sure lot, do like we said <laughs> we got a lot at stake Benfica are gunning for the title they want to catch up to Sporting and you know maintain the distance or catch a lead or whatever it is. We're hanging on ahead right now, technically. <laughs> with with a game in hand, right? With a game in hand, two yeah. point lead with the game in hand right All now, right. which yep. is better than it was. So I'll take it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So in Porto, we're just we're fighting for that Champions League spot. I mean, can yeah. you know can it happen? I don't think so because I think we we need to see two good teams. If you can Sporting, who are having good years. Um, we need both of them to fall off, and I just don't see it happening. I think Champions League is a possibility, and I think getting this victory over Benfica would be just it. So a lot at stake, a lot. So wait, absolutely. Before we start this, Porto did beat Santa Clara on that restart. So they sure we did. Do, we still do have the toss. The I know is there. I know yep. we almost right. lost it. Listen, we almost lost it, but we we came through somehow. We did. Yeah. So at least we have one trophy we're fighting for. But yeah, to save face, we need to fight for a second place or at least make a valid effort. It can't. Mm-hmm. This current, the way the standings are at the moment, it's embarrassing for Porto. That's all I can yeah. say. The, the binkies of the Porto podcast in English scored the goal. Your binky, <laughs> Galeno, my binky, Ivan Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, there we go. We got something going. All right, Mike. Yeah. We got this game. We got so this tell game. me, tell me, <laughs> tell me about Benfica's form this year. Uh, Up and do down. You, how, um, how do it's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. To be perfectly honest, yep. uh, points per match wise, it's really not that far off of the pace from last year. Um, but the performances haven't pleased the supporters, and the supporters are loud, and there's a lot of them. And sometimes they kind of, you know, twist twist the reality a little bit. But it, it hasn't been good. It, it, there's no denying it's not been anywhere near where it was last year. Key key players aren't there, even if it's just two. Even if it's just those were two important players, three three important players. One's your striker, one's your, you know, he was only there for six months, but it felt like he changed the, the trajectory of the club for, for a long time. I'm talking about Enzo, of course, yeah. um, because he came in and that, that jump-started everything and uh you know that gave roger schmidt some some rope to to work with and now this year he's not there the 
the matches haven't been attractive. I, I have to admit that. Um, I'm not always as concerned about that, to be honest with with, with you. To be, um, I I don't overvalue uh, the matches looking good or being pretty. Uh, sometimes you have to to grind it out. Nobody's proved that more than Porto over the years, being able to grind out results when you need it, and that's why they've won so much. Um, and I think, honestly, I think the future of Portuguese football is going to be an uglier football because of the, the issues we just talked about. TV rights are what they are. In, revenue is, is non-existent. Um, if you don't sell, you're not going to be able to hold great players. You're not going to really compete for, for top targets in the market. You got to. This is why the teams are investing in, in you guys now too. Are investing in your academy because that's the only way to to, to fund this thing is to, to produce the players. And so, but it, I think it's going to be an uglier football going forward. I think the days of dreaming of Portuguese football getting to the top five are are behind us. It just isn't the money to do it. Um, and Befica's they're getting the results. Okay, one loss in the league in. Round twenty four is, I think, is where we're at now, or that's mm-hmm. where we'll be this weekend. Uh, for any sane person, that's a good season. Yep. But we're talking Portuguese football, and we're talking about big three, and we're talking about our expectations, and that's not good enough. And I, I get that to an extent, but um, you know, it's, it, there hasn't been a good ru- streak of of good solid performances that people want to see. You get a good half here, a good half there. Um, like I said, we as you said, we 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 took one on the chin yesterday from Sporting, but it's it's only the first leg. There's there's a second leg, no matter what happens. But of course, people think that that's going to bleed into the next game. I tend to think that may be a wake up call. That may be. I think if that, for me, from my perspective as a Benfica fan, if that's what it takes to tell Roger Schmidt that this false nine that he's using and this this or uh, what's the word they use avançado móvel uh, is is not working, then then I'll take that two one loss in the cup to learn that lesson versus taking it in the league where points are on the line. Um, when this game could go, I think this game could go one of any of many ways. All right, we could see. Either team winning. A draw is very likely. I think Jason said it. I don't know if we were on the air yet, if we were recording or we were just chatting, but a draw is very likely. And thanks to Sporting slipping up last week, we can live with that draw. Uh, whether we win this weekend or we draw, we have to win the game against Sporting. So that needs to be kept in perspective. Uh, there's no result that means we don't have to beat Sporting. So a loss is, it could be, you know, makes it takes it out of our hands. Now we need help, but a win or a draw keeps us, you know, on that on that path where we control our own destiny. Uh, we slipped up in Guimarães, which most teams do. Um, mm-hmm. You guys beat them, right? I think you guys were able to beat them there. Yeah, uh, I'm I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, Porto I can't even yeah. remember. Sporting lost and we drew. You guys managed to win. That. Yeah. Um, I'll find the score if you guys keep talking. Yeah, and. Uh, Again, uh, we got this gift from Huav last week that took points off Sporting somehow. I never expected that. And uh, with three goals scored, you know, I never expect Sporting to score three goals and drop points. But the, none of that really matters when Benfica and Porto play, when you really think about it. Yeah, it it's, it's all true. about those 90 minutes. It it really is. If one, a team could be – one of them could be, you know, in fourth, the other in first. It doesn't matter. For those 90 minutes, they both believe they can they can win the game. And, you know, after they're going, especially your fans are going to be on top of us. And uh, it's going to be incredible atmosphere. It's going to be immense pressure. And 
when when the match turns emotional, you guys have the edge. It, over the years, it has just shown that we lose our heads when the match turns emotional. You guys seem to keep calmer. You know, you you know, for years, you know how to instigate. You got you got the Otavius of the world, who I know you guys love, and I can't stand. And now you got another Otavio. <laughs> just by name alone, it, it's like makes me cringe. But no. Uh, this game could go anywhere, and it depends. I think both Benfica and Porto, whichever team shows up, is, is a variable. We don't know which one of our teams are going to show up, but if both teams show up to play, we're, we're going to have a fight, and um, and I think it's going to be an entertaining one. Whether it's pretty football or not doesn't matter. At the end of the game, you know uh, what do they say? Clásico, no se juegan ganas. You don't you don't play them, you win them. So. Yeah. There's no, there's no artistic points in these matches. It's all about who puts more goals in, in the back of the net. Yep. And uh, obviously, you know, it's it's the main event this weekend. It's the last game on Sunday night, and may the better team win. I mean, we need to have better relations between the clubs in our league, and it needs to not be, you know, violence, and it needs not to be war all the time. And sometimes we have to put a good product on the pitch. If you want to have TV rights, if you want to sell this product around the world, you can't have, you know, nine versus 10 for 30 minutes because two guys punched each other and they're, they're both out. You know, you gotta, you gotta play football at some point. And both of these teams can play football. Porto can play football. It it and against Arsenal, you know, like you guys said, you're totally comfortable playing without the ball, which is what scares me. And I hope that, Benfica's wise enough to to force you guys to have the ball a little bit and to to drop a little bit to create some space. We have dribblers and dribblers need space to operate in and um if you guys are are and you're playing at home against us so I don't expect you to to, to approach it the way you do Arsenal either and we're not Arsenal that's that's a reality. But there to be We're fair, you got you the... guys are bigger than Arsenal. Just to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> hey, De- define big, right? European, <laughs> De- De- depend- well, we both are. Says so. Yeah, the European yeah, history, yeah. man. Right in history, absolutely. But history doesn't play in those ninety minutes. These these footballers <laughs> on on sal you know large fair salaries enough. play it. But uh, I I mean it's it's gonna be a tough match either way. It's never easy. Um, sometimes it's easy for you guys. You've had a few five nil bangers against us that have uh that we won't live down but it, it i mean th- this is what we live for we live for these matches um yeah the title I- is in our our sights obviously we want to hang on to it we're fighting for dear life to stay in the race even though we're ahead it feels like we're behind because sporting's played such you know fantastic football this season and they're so confident i mean they're so confident and they're well coached. I, I, and I don't think that we're poorly coached. We're just not as well coached right now. And they have a, a, more of a a team dynamic right now. And Benfica's relying on individuals. That's yeah. that's where we're at right now. And it's it's carried us this far, but they're it's got to improve in these last ten games. But I can't wait for this match to be honest. I mean, I mean, when these things happen. You know, you you get up for it, right? And you you sit here and you try to keep your 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 hopes like calm, and you try to you kind of you don't want to set yourself up for disaster. And the first, as soon as that opening kick is played, right, you're in it 100, percent and you're yelling at uh, who we got for a ref this week, anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's right. always the big news. I think it's uh, Pinedo again. Pinedo again. Oh, yeah, great. It is. It is yeah. Pinedo. 
I mean, there's another thing about Portuguese football that's just embarrassing is the level of refereeing all around. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's can he handle can he handle the, the match of this yeah. magnitude? I don't you know. And can and that, he handle being? That's a thing too. Yeah. In the, I, I would hate to be that referee in this game. I really, oh, absolutely. They go absolutely. into these. They go into these games, um, you know, with, with a ton of pressure because they know one oh. side is just going to give them shit, and then on top of it, there's going to be a chance that they're going to make a bad call that the league yeah. is going to have to give them shit for. So they're going to get shit right. from all 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 absolutely. sorts of things. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and it, what other league announces their referees midweek, and it's like. Everyone's sitting waiting to see who their referee is going to be this weekend. It's this is the only league I know about where all the referees are are you know their na- names everybody knows. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like they, they, uh, they, 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 <laughs> you know they say they they see uh João um not João uh, Arthur Soares Soares Dias yeah yeah Dias and then it's a uh, advantage Porto when it's Pinheiro advantage Benfica it's like right in Varíssimo advantage Sport yeah there you go. But he's smart. You know, Look at Sporting him. Uh, it's just uh, and then yeah. there's other guys that are just bad, and you don't want to see them, regardless right. of who the opponent yeah. is. And- yeah, it's it's crazy, and and you're absolutely right. The level of officiating, and I think that a lot of the times that the referees they kind of just benefit the the bigger teams because they just don't even want to hear it from. Yeah, I think you, so too. They cave I think under they the pressure. Like, oh, no what, what's a Riwa fan gonna like do? You know, right, like right. They're not going right. to threaten my home, but a Benfica or a Sporting or a Porto fan, they will. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we, I don't know. We it's, all know. It's sad. It's it's sad the way the 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 officiating is in in Portugal. Yeah. It's abysmal. It is. It's abysmal. It's that's absolutely where, abysmal. That's where I'm totally in favor of having just foreign referees. They don't have to officiate. One hundred percent with you. They don't have to officiate. Um, they don't have to officiate the entire season, but I think they should no. really start officiating the top six teams games yeah. whenever yeah. those top six play each Meet other each other yeah i think we should have guys from germany or england or france or whatever mm-hmm. and just yeah. keep it you know neutral and i'm sure yeah they're much better yeah as it, it hurts what we have. it hurts people's feelings you know it hurts the portuguese refs feelings their association comes out and and, and you know puts out cases against anybody who says that but it, it's true it, there's there's no referee that really handles these matches well right no 100 percent. i totally agree with that um, yes. so I got a question for the both of you here. Okay. I'm, I'm going to play Mr. Neutral. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to interview, I'm going to interview both of you. So I'm going to start with you, Mike, three mm-hmm. players. Okay. That Porto should focus on, um, three players from Benfica that Porto should focus on. And then what are three players on Porto that Benfica should focus on? Okay. Uh, first question, uh, Rafa Silva, obviously in transition, he's, he's, he saves us so many times. I mean, he gets into the spaces. He's fast. That They say that all he is is fast, but that puts him in positions to either score or assist. He's involved in almost every goal. So you stop Rafa. Sporting stopped him yesterday for the most part. You see what happened. Um, Di Maria is going to give you one moment. That's what he's done all season. He's not the player he was, but he's going to give us one moment. So you and. He he he's huge because he again he delivered the the cross yesterday that that really gave us a chance to go into the second leg with with any hope at all. Um, and he again he did nothing against you guys in the first half of the season, but then he shows up and scores the goal. However, miss he miss kicked it. I but it, it found its way in. Um, and David Nedge, I mean, I think if if he shows up, if the David Nedge we got yesterday isn't going to trouble you at all, but. 
uh, if we get the one we've had and other times that those are the three I think the goals are going to come from the combination of those three I know João Neves plays hard and he's everywhere he he creates a lot but the f- the game is judged by the finishing product and whether or not the ball goes in the goal it's not judged by passes completed it's not judged by balls won at the end of the day and I think the three guys I gave you are going to be the ones that are going to be involved if there's a goal for Benfica one of the any combination of those three Mm-hmm. And what about three from Porto that for maybe Porto. you should worry about? Francisco Conceição, um, especially with our outside back play, uh, he he could eat us alive. Um, obviously, you have a Nielsen, your top scorer, and Galeno. Oh, so the attacking, the attacking, the guys. attacking trio. I'm I'm worried yeah. about the outside backs. Um, we don't really have outside backs. We have a midfielder yeah. who's our best outside back and a center back at the other end. So I mean, yeah. it's 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 not a good situation for us at the outside backs. So the width is is where where I'm concerned. The possibilities in this game. You know, if it was a FIFA controlled <laughs> game, it's you know it's easy, but it's not. Yeah, it's, right. It's gonna be right. chess. It's going to be a chess yeah, game for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a chess match for sure. For sure. Jason, three guys. So, Rafa, Rafa always shows up against Porto. He's a pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pep's getting older. Maybe Otavio will patch that up. But Rafa Silva's speed, I, I think he's a good football overall, especially for the Portuguese. I think he's a quality man. I, yeah. I, I see him yeah. getting a lot of flack this season from Benfica. But to me, he's one of most, Benfica's most important guys. Like I don't even care mm-hmm. if he's having no an off doubt. day. That threat is always there. Mm-hmm. Then you got to focus on Di Maria because guys tend to turn off, right? Di Maria is quiet for a while. He'll just mm-hmm. pass the ball, make nice. He'll switch the field. He'll make a nice move or two, but he's not. He's not taking you on like he used to. But it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you give him that five yard space outside the box. He he'll shoot that, and his quality, it's it, dude. He has the most quality in the Portuguese league today. No player has the skill that guy has in the Portuguese mm-hmm. league. Like, but uh, Sporting Striker Gaiorc is good, man, but. In terms of quality, nobody has Di Maria's quality. So, like, if if we just we just shut off for a second and we give him that five yard space, like he's gonna put it away. Yeah, that's a problem. He's, he's top quality. Mm-hmm. And then, for me, lastly, got to fo- can't let the Norwegian just run up and down the field, man. How do you pronounce his name? Auschnitz. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, you have to respect him. The guy works hard. I've yep. seen him every single big game. He's he doesn't even have to be the most important player. He's always doing great work for Benfica defensively, mm-hmm. offensively. He's up and down the pitch. The guy's work rate does not stop. And Porto mm-hmm. needs to pay attention to him. And for Porto, you're gonna have to worry about Galeno because I, I think he tends to show up in the big games. I just believe in him. Yeah, Shiku. I don't know this. This would be the classic where I judge how good he is in the big games. Right, he's been consistent for games now. So like, I'm not knocking mm-hmm. him. I love the kid. I've been pushing for him since last year. Telling you, I have not been Rui. I've been telling. I've been saying this guy should be a starter since last. And I, I didn't believe it. I, I was I've like, been tell- this kid's I was crazy. Like, Dude, this no. is the best right winger we have. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know it's your dad, but play right. your damn kid. Like, he plays mm-hmm. with Porto heart up and down the pitch. He takes guys one on one. Like. Galeno doesn't even do that. Galeno's indecisive. Chico knows what he's doing. He commits to it. If he's taking you on, he's taking you on. If he's passing the ball, he's passing. If he's crossing, he's crossing. He does not question his decisions, which is why they're usually successful. And then I think lastly, you have to focus on Joao Mario. If you just if you think he's nothing and he just turn off and he's gonna overload the right hand side with Chico, and those two can be a real pain in the ass, man. I think to me, those are the three guys you gotta focus. To me, I don't think even Nilsson will be a factor. Antonio Silva's a good center back, and Otamendi's just gonna smack even Nilsson around. So. I, to me, he's not threatening enough. It's going to come from wing play. 
whether it's our side back or the left or right wing. That, that's our only hope. Going down the middle of the field, I think the midfield is going to be a wash. You got Varela on Porto, who's very good. You got Joel Neves, who has an engine. I think the mid- midfield is going to be kind of a wash. Hmm. Yeah, they're going to battle so, each other. Yeah, It's going to be... Yeah. Spoken like a true fullback. Arsonist, Jean <laughs> Mario. <laughs> hey, whatever six. For me, I, I like I like players that eat with their bare hands, man. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> forks and knives. That's the tripeiro way, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going with, for Porto, I, Varela is up there. Your double pivot is nasty. I, yeah, I, those two I, guys. Can... I, I want to go with Varela. I think um, Pepe for Porto. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go with Galeno too. I, I have to go with him because he works really hard mm-hmm. defensively. And if he gets in his zone on the attack, makes the right decisions because he's a quality player. But the thing that holds him back the most is his decision-making at times. He doesn't know when to, to pass um, or shoot at the right time. Sometimes he, a lot of times he just shoots when he's not supposed to, he passes when he's not supposed to. And then it's, you know, it's a giant mess, but on his day, class, class player. So that could be a huge advantage for Porto. If he is on his day for Benfica, I'm going to go with, um, with the João Neves in the midfield. And that kid is an absolute stud. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, just because he plays for Benfica, that doesn't mean I can't like the kid. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that kid's, like intensity, uh, his energy, the quality that brings on on both sides of the pitch. I don't even think he's just like that great of a creator alone. He's he's an excellent creator, but defensively, he he brings a lot of energy. He he applies a lot of press. He wins challenges. He's aggressive. He's got he's the full package, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um, Koshu is another guy. If he's going to be playing this weekend, right? There's no. He- suspension yeah, or anything and no, i know he's, no, he's he had a couple of injuries and whatever this year yeah um i think kosher is gonna have a big game as well and then di maria is that guy is he the same di maria that that you know over the years and then his mm. first spell at benfica no but in his moment in games the quality that jason mentioned just shows yeah. up that no other player in the league has he won't mm-hmm. show it for 50 minutes no but he just needs that half a minute where he's just going to make you pay. And that's quality. Mm-hmm. That's experience. And I think that's the advantage that Benfica has over Porto this season. You know, not to say that Benfica are are just as good as us on the on the quality level. I don't think that. But I think in a lot of the jams that Benfica have been in this year, I think a lot of the experienced players that ha- have been around the league, that have been around the block, have kind of, you know, Force these positive results that they, they created this where Porto doesn't really have that right now. You know, you have as much as a lot of Benfica fans want to trash uh, João Mario for, you know, he's a guy that's been around the block. He's good on oh, yeah, his day. No doubt. Rafa Silva, um, uh, Di Maria, obviously. And there's another player too, that's been around with a lot of quality. I can't even think of him. Um, who is it? Oh, that's besides the point. I think yeah. that those players <laughs> alone, having that experience, um, side they those players on your side they can get you through sticky situations and find that way to just get that goal that you need it doesn't have to be pretty at the end of the day like you mentioned Mm -hmm. Porto was known for grinding out good results despite Mm -hmm. playing not the best way but champions 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 win when yeah they're not expected to when they're not on their best day they find a way 
And mm-hmm. I think that's the difference here. So there's there's a lot. There's those three guys, and then there's that, that identity mm-hmm. that Benfica has this year that's also really scary. Even if Porto does take a lead, we can't let our guard down. We cannot let them mm-hmm. get this opportunity. Muzzle the experienced guys is uh, uh, out as much as possible. That's mm-hmm. my two cents on it. No, that's so. a pretty accurate analysis. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, guys. What else, what else we got for this game? What else? I, mean, <laughs> I will say predictions. We're we're at the Dragon, so that helps yeah, us. Yeah, that that's bit. half a goal. Yeah, that's half a goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna guess Porto wins this two one, but I will not be surprised with a two two tie. Yeah, all set. Well, what, what say you, Mike? Benfica's got to win. <laughs> they they yeah. don't have a choice. If they want to chase Sport, I mean, I keep saying chase. We're in front, but we know that Sporting has a match in hand. And until they drop, like I tell Nino all the time, until they drop those points, I'm counting on they're in the bank for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to come out and find a way to win this game. It's going to be difficult. Uh, they got. I think two one is the result. Which team is going to get the two? That's that's where I'm not so sure. I mean, we a one one or a two two wouldn't shock me at all. I think the teams really do cancel each other a lot. They they do uh, mirror each other in some ways. Weaknesses to strengths, they kind of match up. Um, it, it... After That's yesterday, funny. I think Benfica can really come out here and get a – if they do, it's a historic win. They have the opportunity to make a historic win and beat Porto three times in one season. Yep. Yep. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think we might see Porto again. It, it's not the cup isn't over for yeah. us, and and Porto's got a Guimarães isn't is no slouch either. I I know that, but uh, and the thing is, like each time you play somebody, though, you're more likely to not continue winning. So it's uh, do we have one more victory left in the bag? I I think we do. I think. Um, if 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 we can create the spaces and if Kakshu can make his vertical passes, because that was the difference yesterday when they made the substitution and Tenkstead came in for Neresh and we stopped going with too much width and we've now had a striker making vertical runs. It pushed Sporting's back line back a little bit, created a pocket of space in the middle third where the midfield could finally connect and make some p- passes. If Kakshu can face goal and find players' runs, it, he can break the game open and, and, and we can get two goals here to try because it's going to take two goals in my opinion to win this game it, one won't be enough I think yeah. both teams score uh I do I think both teams score um and we saw last week I know Portimonis is not a good team but as soon as Portimonis's two buses of five broke out Cox, uh not yeah Kokshu played that lateral uh, the sorry the vertical ball into space Nedish dribbles the goalie and like Nino said, does a no look, a no look uh, touch into the into the goal. If we can create those lanes to pass, Benfica will be will be dangerous. If it's touch the ball around, you know, in lateral back and forth, back and forth mm-hmm. without going direct. You know, sometimes you got to go direct and you got to get ugly. And if they're constantly just possessing for no purpose, it's going to be a long day for Benfica. If if it's just possession, I don't want to see Benfica with 55 or 60% possession. I think if they have too much of the ball, they need to get direct and let Porto get it deep and make them build out out of their back and, you know, create spaces where these, like I said, the dribblers can get into and maybe create something because this season it's been relying on individuals and you got 
you made a good shout about Kaksu being important because he's got to get the ball to those dribblers. That's his job. And they got to get into dangerous spaces. I have to go with my my team, guys. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say two to one to Benfica. Yeah. What about you? No, definitely. Uh, you got to you got to force Porto out of their comfort zone. You know, yeah. Porto are Absolutely. much better when they're when they don't have the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I think we're a much better team when we're playing against a team that isn't just like compact playing defense. Yeah. You know, just I think Porto is better on the ball that way, but doesn't guarantee anything. Um. I think this game, it's, I think if, if there's a draw in this game, it's going to ruin both of our seasons. I don't think, yeah, I don't absolutely. see us, I don't see us getting to second place because uh, we need to win. And I don't want to say that you guys, sparking. you guys don't catch. We might, but, but it gets harder. It, it gets it's going to get harder. harder. So there's a lot here. And I think, I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a win. I don't see a draw mm-hmm. in this game. There's just too much meaning behind it. It's not an early game of the season where Porto or no. Benfica are just one one or two points away from each mm-hmm. other, and a draw is whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is uh, there's a lot here, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot to play for, and that's why I'm going to go with a draw. This is why this this season is the way it is, and I'm going mm-hmm. with a one to one draw. I don't think we lose this game, but I just don't feel too comfortable in this one. I'm going to go with a draw, one to one. I think Porto will take the lead early on, uh, mm-hmm. and then their struggles continue. Like when they get a yeah. goal, at first they just can't sustain that lead, and they're just going to let it up. And I'm going to go with goals from Ivan Nielsen and Di Maria. So that's and but my I think two I have there. a habit of falling behind this season too. That's the other thing. There's been yeah. a habit of falling behind eight or nine times in the league this yeah. season. Uh, so that wouldn't shock me one bit. And yeah, I could, I could see, I could see anything happen. To be honest with you yeah. guys, I mean, I don't know that anything would shock me in this game because both teams are capable of a lot, and both teams are capable of being pretty poor. So, depending which which side shows up for each team, it, it'll depend where this match goes. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, and then got- again, we talked about refereeing. If one team goes down to ten, I know you guys. You oh know, yeah. This is what happened in the first game. I'm not. Yeah. If Porto goes doesn't go down to ten, I don't know yeah. where, where that goal comes from. I don't know how we unlock that game. Yeah, without that's the my, manager. That's my so. that's my big fear. Uh, going down a man early on too. That's just gonna that's just gonna give tired legs later on into mm-hmm. the game, and that's that's hard. That's hard to just overcome yeah. alone. So I don't know, guys. Any uh, Jason? You think there's gonna be a penalty or a red card in this game, or we're we gonna actually finally see a nice clean game uh, between Porto and Benfica? Uh, we might see red card, two red cards this game, one for each. But yeah, yeah, think, it wouldn't shock me. I, I think this game will be more towards the end with frustrations and both teams going yeah. for the win. As yeah. long as Jostaku doesn't play, I think Porto will will get up to the seventy fifth minute with uh, eleven guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah. We have some Twitter questions. Uh, awesome, b- 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 Mike. Unfortunately, none of them are from Benfica because these were. <laughs> but we'll. I'm going to include you yeah. on some of them for sure. Yeah, be, feel uh, free. I'm going to. I'm going to be creative as, <laughs> as much as I can. If I can just pull them yeah. up, that would be great. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. So these questions were asked earlier in the week, and we tried to record earlier and mm-hmm. couldn't because I've been sick and whatever. But anyway, I got them right here. Uh, our first question is Jack Hacken. 
at Companator, which players from the B team would uh, would you like to see integrated into the squad next season? And which ones would you like to see play on loan at smaller clubs in the league like Ferenc or Casapia? Jack is a Casapia enjoyer, that, by the way. He loves Casapia. <laughs> I know, Jack. <laughs> I think he follows every Portuguese football podcast there is. Yeah, yeah. And I th- but I think he is. Uh, I think he is a Portista for sure. I think I, um, he loves Casapia. I don't know. Yeah. I know he loves Casapia. That's what he expresses. But yeah, we could use a few homegrown heroes instead of hacks like Andre Franco and say, yeah, I think he's a Porto <laughs> fan. So yeah, yeah, he used we. That's it. <laughs> uh, so um, I know there's that kid uh, Wendell that's been not the left back Wendell, a different Wendell. Another uh, Wendell. Yeah, that's been uh, doing pretty good and getting some goals in the in the second division. And then I believe Jack also mentioned another person. Yes, he did. And his name is Anha Kande. Uh, joined the Porto Youth Academy in uh, 2022, and he's having a great season in the second in the second division, and most importantly, the UEFA Youth League. And, he's and you a guys center are forward. still going in that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're still going in. I think yeah. we uh, defeated, was it Mines or? Yep. Yeah, I think it was Mines, uh, and we're going into the... Or is that who we're going to play against? No, no you, didn't you beat... P- was it PSV that you just beat? No, it was... No. We're going to play against Mines, but it was... Um, let me see, FC Porto 19. It is... It's a, is it AZ... Oh, AZ oh, Alkmaar. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I yep, knew it was a yep, Dutch yep. team, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, him and Wendell. I mean, we, I feel like we have a lot of attackers, but I think given that our chances of going to the Champions League next year and we're not going to have the money that we should get, we might have to sell some attackers. And I would love to see a couple of those young players get involved. You know, it's that's always a good a good sign, right? Next question. If I can pull it, now I lost the page. What am I doing here? Um, come on. Here we go. Our friend Matt's at Matt's Attack Nine. What's your know favorite? Yeah, you know him too from Nino Show. <laughs> What's your favorite U Classico game, and what will be the most fascinating player head to head on Sunday? I love that away win last season, the last game with the double standard refereeing in the first half and Di Maria scoring made me angry in a way I haven't <laughs> felt for two seasons. Uh, I mean, we, I'll, I'm going to dish that over to to both of you on this one. Okay, I'll start with you first, Jason. Best U Clasico game and the fascinating player going into this Sunday's game. Of all time for us? Yeah, the best U Clasico, your memory. 5-0. Okay. Yeah. And who's the <laughs> who's the guy? That. <laughs> <laughs> who's the guy? Uh, the most fascinating player going into Sunday. I think it's gonna. See, let's see how Otavio does in the first classico. Yeah, that one's gonna be. I interesting. think that's gonna be huge because we know Pep's legs are getting heavy, and uh, that pairing is. That's our only hope for anything this season, I think, because yeah. Fabio Cardozo is not the guy. Yeah. And that speed that Otavio has and the quality too, it's it, it's definitely a bright spot and really happy to see that because we definitely could take anything positive uh, right now. So that's definitely a bright spot. Mike, what about you? Best U Clasico and 
most fascinating yeah. player heading into Sunday. So best to Clasico for me will probably this will probably be for the rest of my life. It's the eleven Ozebus when we all wore the Ozebu on our back. The two nothing win at the Luge. Our captain was playing for you. <laughs> I actually did a rewatch episode where I watched that and I said some nasty things about him. <laughs> and I I did a mea culpa when we signed him and I said, I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> and welcome to the team. But he's like my favorite guy on the team now. But yeah, um, yeah that was my that was my favorite uh classical of all time at given everything that was around it. And uh it was First time we'd beaten Porto, I think, in a long time, uh, you know, especially in the league in a meaningful game. Yeah. And most interesting guy, uh, I think it's our captain. He had a rough night last night. Uh, he was at fault for, for a goal. And he he was he was out of – I rewatched the game today. He was out of position a lot of times. And um, I think he was overcompensating on the press and he was stepping too high, leaving too much space. So I think with him – it seems like when Otamendi has a bad game, he doesn't normally have a second bad game in a row. And if Otamendi comes out and plays like uh, like Antonio Silva played yesterday, we could be pretty safe in front of Turbin. So I, how he reacts to this this lesser performance uh, yesterday against Sporting, which I, it's insane to play Sporting and you guys in back-to-back games. I can't remember this ever happening before, but uh, I think Otamendi is, is if he if he's there because he's the leader. He is the absolute leader of the the locker room, and things started to change the day he arrived at Benfica. And I had just started podcasting, and I said, "Now we got a guy who's been in that locker room. We got a guy who knows how they think." Because mm-hmm. until then, we walked in scared to play you guys. Not just scared to play, but we were scared physically. We were shying away from tackles. We were shying away from contact. We we were, you know, just not attacking the play. And I remember, you know, he got, I forget, was it Otavio? It might have been Otavio. He gets in his face, and he stared, stands over him. And it's like, okay, he's on our side. People, stop saying he's been sent by them to ruin our team because that was an actual theory people had, which was ridiculous. These guys are professionals. They have a job to do. They're going to represent the team they play for. They're not going to go into any game caring about past loyalties. That's not what they're there to do. And, um if he shows up tomorrow, I think the team can follow suit because he, he's he's the, he reminds me the way he leads Benfica, the way Lucho used to lead you guys way back in the day in some of those strong teams you had the El Comandante, you know, really really a general on the pitch, and um, I'm hoping for a big game from him, and uh, and then yeah. we're secure and maybe we have more liberty to go after the result if we're secure at the back. Yeah, and if you ever wanted to know. You know, especially for the Benfica fans out there, mm-hmm. what it was like to have a player like Otavio being annoying, a pest, and just a dirty, shit-stirring mm-hmm. player. <laughs> there he is, Otamendi. And you guys hated him when he was with us. And guess what? Yeah, we hate absolutely. him. Absolutely. We hate now. him because yeah. he's with you. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how it is. Yeah. So and you're yeah. you're spot on, man. You need you need that shit stir on your team to set the tone mm-hmm. sometimes that you're not going yep. away. You need to stand up. And just make make shit mm-hmm. difficult. That's it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You got, you got to have that sometimes. Yep. Next question, Migu Papa Tango at Migu Papa Tango. Do you think these <laughs> results will help Andre Village Boas get the presidency? Yeah, and I think a lot of, I mean, everything that we've talked about, uh, in in everything that concerns 
Porto fans right now. There's a reason why there's an uprising against Pinto da Costa, and it's not just the results, it, it, but that's part of it, but the decisions up in the board. And, and those decisions take effect onto the field, on results. We're not winning games, and that's the price that we're getting from poor decision-making up in the board and all the other reasons around it. Age, being there for too long, and poor decision-making. There needs to be a change. Uh, what do you say about that, Jason? Oh, is Jason there? <laughs> do we lose Jason? Uh, no, nope, I'm here. There he is. Oh, all right. uh, I don't think I could have said it better. I mean, I think this is something we've been harping on since the beginning of the season. Like We were kind of disgusted with uh, transfers and the way we approached the team's weaknesses. I, we felt like we didn't really patch up all of our weaknesses and we really we've been harping down on how it starts from the top it's like mm -hmm. that simple yeah next question cdb at cd barush eight and this is too. yeah <laughs> good guy good guy love yeah. cd barush how much port wine is necessary to forget the entire this entire domestic season and do you go with barush do you go with Baruch, Taylor Fladgate, Dows, or Grams? What do you What do you guys say about this? What's your uh, Porto wine of choice if you guys drink it? I do not drink. So this is for you guys. Not even a little bit? No. Nope. No? Nope. <sighs> Damn. I don't know, Mike. What uh, What's your uh, Porto wine of choice? We got Baruch, Taylor Fladgate. I got, so Rams. I got this guy here. Well, what's this? This is what, where's... Bottle-aged, late uh, vintage Porto 2009. Here I got a white Porto, Quinta Santa Eufemia. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, that's it's my Porto's my favorite wine. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> so I, as soon as you he's talked about Porto wine, I went and got two, these two bottles. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, I didn't hear the question because I got up to get to, to get the the bottles of port, but. Um, yeah, so how much port wine is necessary to forget this entire domestic season? That's definitely for us, but I'm sure you've had. Well, seasons. that depends. I, I I may have the same opinion on on Sunday night, so yeah. well, <laughs> I got two right there in case. <laughs> well, we'll we'll be having port we, wine I, uh, regardless this Sunday, uh, yeah, because it's either to forget the result or to celebrate, <laughs> it. or to celebrate exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For me, I it's I mean those are uh, Taylor Flaggate's great Grams. You know that's great. The ones that you have too, Mike, you know, mm -hmm. wares, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Porto wine's just freaking delicious. But I, yeah. I'm a sucker for Sandman. And That's I, a good spoiled, one too, yeah. I spoiled myself. I spent a hefty buck and I bought myself a 50-year Sandman. Nice. King of Porto. And uh, one of these days mm -hmm. I'm going to crack it open. Maybe if we win the Champions League, I'll crack it, I'll crack <laughs> it open. But You got it, right? At that oh, point. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the aged ones. For me, yeah. it's where it's at. I've had the mm -hmm. 30 year, I've had the 40 year before. Haven't tried the mm -hmm. 50 year yet, and you know, it's you can't get better than that. For Gets better with wines. age. <laughs> oh yeah, like Pep, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got. I think we got one more question left. Yeah. So from Mestre Wayne at Mestre Wayne underscore 17. If Sergio Conceição leaves at the end of the season, who? Will you see to be the new coach and why? And Jason, we've talked about this, and and Mike, we've actually talked about this. 
on Nino's mm-hmm. show on Two Good Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Alvaro Pacheco, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I can see him actually coaching a top three team. So mm-hmm. for me, as if if Sergio leaves, I think he'd be a great replacement. I think he's done really well with Kimeraish. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike, if if um. And I can't even remember your coach's name. What the hell's your coach's name? Roger Schmidt. <laughs> Roger, Roger Schmidt. Schmidt. If if Schmidt leaves, would mm-hmm. Alvaro Pacheco be one of your guys, or who else would it be for you? I don't think he'd be accepted by the fan base. I think he's looked at as a portista. To be honest, I think okay. that he, and I think it might just because he's from the north, right? Um, and maybe he is. I don't. I don't know for a fact. I I assume because everyone says he is that he is. I don't know for a fact. Um, that kid, where is he at? East, is it Vilas Boas's friend there at Aroca, right? Or, or is mm-hmm. he at Istriel? I'm I'm forgetting now which team he coaches. He but was that's the guy that we, yeah, go he, ahead. He was at Istriel. Um, yeah, that was Alvaro. He left, right? Who's yeah. the kid that the young guy that's friends with Vilas oh. Boas? That's on his camp. You know, was there with him when he presented his candidacy. Yeah, Jason, I forget the name now. Jason had mentioned uh, on the previous episode. Well, now I'm pulling it up right now. And the stars just seem to align for him to go to Porto. He doesn't have a lot of first division experience. Uh, but Vasco Siabra? No, he's the one now. It was it was Danielle something, I think. Now, let me see if I... I would like to see Pepin Linders come back to Porto. And oh, yeah. Head coach. That's right. Mm. That is, he's uh, Klopp's assistant right now. Their project's over. They've stated it's over. They're not staying. And he's leaving with Klopp. So I'm hoping he's ready for a first-team job and Porto's mm. the way to go because he came through the academy and he coached some of our uh, mm-hmm. some of our. Uh, I was guess, it Danielle Souza? That's the name I was I was just about yeah. to pull up. Yeah, I think with Nino, we somebody mentioned. I think it was Jason that mentioned that if Village Boge wins the election, there's your next coach. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Um, yeah, I mean that could definitely be a possibility. And and Jason, I think you're absolutely right with that one too. If Sergio leaves this year, that's kind of hard to like turn that one down because having that experience at the club already, yeah. and he already, um, he's aware of the way the academy works. He's been in the education yeah. system. Mm-hmm. He loves the academy. Right. We're going to need to use utilize the academy so he has a respect for it. Yeah, and he can just make it better based off ex- of his experience at Liverpool because he was yeah. under mm-hmm. a good coach. And he's actually the tactical guy at Liverpool. It's not Klopp. He does the tactics. He does right. a lot of training sessions. So. Please come here because we need to attack. We got all the players for it, and we're just playing this weird, whatever, terrorismo football. (laughs) So, but I don't know. Wishful thinking, man. I I don't know. I don't know, guys. May the better team win, right, Mike? So that's it. That's it. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I think that's it for this episode. Is there any last words before we wrap? Things up. You 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 want to tell the story we were gonna tell? We we saved for the air. Oh yeah, I forgot about it. So all right, we'll we'll sum this up real quick since you're on here. So I, Mike and I met uh, at a Benfica dinner in New Bedford here in Massachusetts, <laughs> in the United States, and yeah, and the reason why I went is because the Casa of Benfica is my client. Yeah. I work mm-hmm. in a family business, espresso coffee, espresso machine business. Mm-hmm. And um, they invited me and my father to go. My father was like, you know, you should really go. It's an invitation. 
fine. Mm-hmm. So my brother came along, my friends, and then I was like, you know, Mike, I podcast with him on you know show. He goes to New to New Jersey and he goes to other I go wherever. I he goes go wherever, everywhere yeah. to watch the games. So I was like, you know what? I know him. I'm gonna invite him to come out. He'll definitely come. And, mm-hmm. and we went. We had a great time. Yeah. My best friends were there. My Epic. family. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was a great time. And then. Of all people in that salon that was there, <laughs> to go out partying with Illy Zoo that won the Euro and played for Benfica for so many years, and Ezia from the nineties, without the 90s, moped, unfortunately, yeah, without the moped, <laughs> um, we we went out into New Bedford and we had a great time having drinks with the with Ezias and Illy Zoo and Zoo, yeah, you know, it was it was great. He was just a cool guy, right? Like, just, just so chill. He just he treated us like. You know, he didn't have that that ego. Just really, no. friendly. and he was like that guy on the. On no, the pitch. they usually usually you go to those things. Those guys make their little appearance. They take their pictures and they kind of and either go leave. to their VIP area or they leave. These yeah. guys were like on the dance floor, like getting people yeah. going, and they're at the bar just talking and strumming up conversations, and they're talking to Rui. Rui, Rui, halfway through the night decides. That's the good time to tell Lisa Yee is she is a portista. And I, I saw this from a distance, Jason. And I saw Lisa Yee's face just completely change. Um, I said to your brother, Rui, I said, did he, I, I don't want to offend anyone with this phrase, but I said, did he just come out as a, as a port fan to Lisa Yee? He goes, I think so. I think so. And then he, Rui tells me that he goes, by the end of the night, I'm going to get Lisa Yee to admit that Porto is at least better than Sporting. Yeah, and I did, and he did. He he said just a little. (laughs) Yeah, I asked him. I was like, "Oh, is he a scammer? Porto or Sporting?" And he was having a hard. He was having a hard time. He looked at you with. I was like, "Oh no, this is gonna get ugly." And then he goes, and then he goes, (laughs) "Porto é um cadinho melhor." That was it. And I was like, "That's it. Night's made. I'm good with that." And then he was cool. He was cool the whole night. Yeah, no, the two yeah. two great guys, man, and like you, you said, it, you said it right, man. It's like the, these athletes, they come, they kind of just do their own thing, then they leave, they have their own area. But they were they weren't just dancing on the dance floor; they were at the bar, they were just saying hi to people, having conversation with random, you know, people, you know, and they, they were cool uh, with it. They ju- they jumped in in you guys' truck to go out some more, like just yeah. randomly, you know. It's like that was cool. That was really cool. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was a great event. <laughs> that was a great time, man. That was uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, again, thank you for that invite because I wouldn't have been there without you. So yeah, thank you yeah, and your and your father's generosity too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it it was a great time. I had a great time, and I was happy my friends mm-hmm. were there too, and getting to meet you. And look, yeah, he may be a Benfica a, a Benfica player, but he also won the Euro with Portugal. And talking yeah. to him about it and asking him questions, yeah, you know. But- about Ronaldo and all that stuff. He was so yeah. cool about it. So it was, it was a great experience. I had a great time and, uh, and, uh, I, I was definitely, uh, bringing him the, the Porto stuff to him to letting yeah. him know where, <laughs> where course. I was, but he was super, you know, both of them were really nice about it. He played you know? ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was great. Great time. Yeah. Next time, next time Jason's going to have to go. So, and, I, and, and you know, I wasn't even the only Portista there. Or I'm sure only, you're not. And there was no. a lot of Spartan fans, and I know a bunch of the people in that in that area very well. And they go because it's a casa, and a lot of Porto yeah. fans, a lot of Spartan fans, they go into the casa. They'll have a drink, they'll watch a game, and you know, and it is what it is. It's you know, it's a and cool thing. When, 
When I was in Newark or in September, that's where I watched our first classical this season down at the Casa de Benfica in Newark. I made the yep. whatever five hour. It took me five hours to get there. It shouldn't have, but it did. I decided to drive to New Jersey in a torrential rainstorm. But the president of the Casa came to talk to me and my friend who invited me, who was visiting from from Europe, and um, he just said, you know, that this is it's the Casa de Benfica, but it is a community center for the entire Portuguese community. Yeah, and they do tons of outreach. They run a youth club, all right. And not everyone that sends their kid to play at the youth club, you know, is obviously a Benfica fan. The the Portuguese community has fans of all clubs. Uh, to be honest, there's Portuguese people that don't even support the big three or don't, you know, some are Real Madrid fans. Some are, you know, they're into the Premier yeah. League now. But you know, the the entire community comes together, and it was a great night because, like you said, there were there were fans of of other teams. It's it's not about that. Um, and you know uh, we're getting to a point now where the we're getting further and further removed from Portugal as Portuguese Americans. You know, most of us now our age were born here or came over young, and the next generation's another generation removed, and another. And it's important to to stick together and to to, to keep these yeah. things alive. And uh, the Casa do Benfica does provide that for the community, not just the Casa do Benfica. There's you know there's all the Portuguese clubs, the the different members clubs all around the, you know, at least here on the East Coast that I know of. And it, it is really cool when, when we come together. And uh, I think our, our, our friends overseas sometimes could could learn from us, the way we fraternize, the way we can chill, the way we can watch a game together and know. You and I, Rui, here in the United States can go to a game. We're not, neither one of us is going to get sucker punched for wearing the wrong shirt in, a, in the yeah. stand. You know, it's just not going to happen here. And uh, I think that... Portugal needs to mature a little bit in in that respect because you're selling again going back to TV rights you have to sell this product. You can't sell empty stadiums in in you know in Vila do Conde where with a construction fence on one side and one little stand with a thousand seats and 10 people are there on the other side and it it, it for the game to grow, for the league to succeed, mm-hmm. the teams have to start to work together and stop working against each other. And if we're going to and you know, the, the government has said we have to centralize TV rights for whatever reason they're getting involved in football. Um, that's only going to work if, and I call them in this respect, it's the big five. It's the five teams with large support, which is, you know, the big three, Braga and Vitoria. They're going to be the ones that get all of the subscriptions for whatever package ends up distributing, you know, the, these TV rights. And they have to work together and protect their interests. Otherwise, right. we're just going to be pulled back. Okay, we're we're going to be subsidizing the rest of the league, which I know the league needs help, but we can't all of a sudden be like the Greek league where we're hoping to be in the Europa Conference. We're competing in the Europa Conference League now, sending our champion to, you know, a knockouts uh, prelim stage and then getting knocked out and dropping into the Europa League. The Champions League is going is going to get further from us because it's it's changing. Next year's format doesn't help any of our teams at all. Uh, it's it, it just helps the big the big five and the teams they put in it because now they're not going to draw each other in groups. There's there's not going to be any group of death that can see you know three potential winners in a group, and it's we we have to be smarter as a league 
And uh, the league needs real leadership. And I don't think that, you know, uh, Pedro Provence is that guy. I don't think he's he's got the leadership skills we need. Uh, we need outside the box thinking. We need innovative thinking. We, we, we need people that understand business. It doesn't seem like anybody understands the business of football that's in the business of football in Portugal. Okay. And again, the, the clubs have to. And uh, and this is where I think a village Boas becoming your president works. I think he gets it. He's younger. He's he's. He's how do I say this? He he's well educated, you know. Yep. He's he, and I think he gets where this game is going versus where it's been. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty uh, business savvy too, and uh, yeah. he's taken some yeah. courses at Columbia University in right, New York, exactly. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, business and business management. So he's kind of he's got a vision, and he understands the mm-hmm. future. And I think mm-hmm. I think to a point, Pinto the cautious kind of kind of uh, I don't know. Kind of put his feet up on the desk and been like, ah, you know, I got a couple of more years left and doing this and then uh, who cares? You know, I'll take one last, you know, mm-hmm. couple of years to take advantage of whatever and then whatever. You know, it's it's yeah. I've done enough for the club. You know, it, it still needs to keep going. You know, Porto is going to go. It's going to keep on going. It was there before and it's going to be there after him. It's going to it was here before yep. me and it's going to be here after me. Uh, so it's that's the mentality you have to go. You have to leave things good for your successor. Um, mm-hmm. So and having a good young mind like Andre Vilas Boas is going to be good for Porto. But I also it's going to I think it's going to be something positive for Portuguese football because the yeah. first step is to kind of modernize Porto and just kind of get with the times. But also there could be hints and ideas from him and younger people at Benfica like Rui Costa. Yeah. And the new guys that are at Sporting that have been doing pretty well mm-hmm. in the last few years maybe it can change the trajectory on how the league is run because yeah. the league is is not doing well to it's not expand, no, it's not. to bring in broadcast rights, commercialization, et cetera, et cetera, everything that makes football grow and go round. Yeah. You know, uh, that's right. what the Portuguese league needs. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. And that's the last no. thing we want. Because if it doesn't, right. if it doesn't grow, we we're going to go with it. We're going to go, go with it. With it. We're, exactly. Yeah, we're we're going like I said, we'll be competing for the conference league, and that's it. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be like the, like the Greek league or like the Scottish league, you know. And yeah, every once in a while, our champion will get through and get into the, the Champions League, but that's not where most of us are going to make our bread and butter. And that's how. Where is our revenue going to come from if we ever fall into that situation? Yeah, 100%. people need to. People need to think about it, and really, they need to. They they really got to come together and, and make this league work, or else, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna have a a worse league than we do now. And first, I guess, first step is realizing that you know our league needs a lot of work. And I mean, we got this is going off top, but we got clubs like like AVS in the second division that aren't even a club. Like they yeah. they. They yeah. they're pretending to be Sportiv Zavs. They're not Avs. Yeah. The Avs fans are not going to their games. There's nobody at their games. You know, you've got uh you've got Casapia playing in Rio Mayor. They just finally, after like four years, got a building permit to to fix their stadium. You've got teams like Estrela da Madura who were in the districts and then they fuse with a team with a team in the third division and then they get promoted in a shady way and then finally play their way into the first division. It, it, there's just too much that doesn't add up going on and there's just poor management yep. all around and now you know in the second division you got Lunk Villa Verdens and you got Leishonj are back on on you know payments they're not Bovista missing missing you know 
uh, payroll. The, this can't happen in, in a serious league. Like they're, you can't just say, oh, we're, we're, we're the small guys. The big three take everything. No, you have to have some ideas and you have to have some kind of plan. Yeah, And it's not for these clubs to just sell to, to foreign investments either who want to use them as satellite teams for bigger clubs. That's, in the long run, not going to not gonna work well for anybody. Right. 100%. Yeah, and, you know, the Portuguese League, I mean, we've, we've summed it all up just yeah. by talking yeah. about Eliseo and a Benfica dinner. And yeah. Look, that's, right. that's the point. That's the point that you were alluding to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in... In order for us, uh, in order for Porto to grow, Benfica has to grow too, and the league itself mm-hmm. has to grow. Um, so it's it's very important to understand that. And mm-hmm. I think hopefully, hopefully with Andre Vilas Boas potentially being that person, it can kind of help uh, Porto, and it'll help the league as well because the league needs to change in totality. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's pretty much it, man. And yeah. well, thank you, Mike. Once again, oh, thank for, you for, thank for you. coming it was, on. It's it been pleasure. great. It, it, it's always great. Yeah. We always chop it up on Nino's show. Yeah. We, yeah. we talked a ton when we met each other at the dinner and yeah. look, we talked a ton here. We even got a little off yeah. topic, but it's all, it's all good. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming oh, on last you. minute. I wish I had some Twitter questions for the game, but no worries. No know, worries. It was a last minute thing. And I, I can't, yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on. I appreciate it. I love yeah, the work no. that you do. And, and guys, Absolutely. I know he's a Benfica podcast, but definitely, you know, hit the subscribe, hit the follow, give him some support. If you want to like find out what's going on with Benfica, catch up on the latest. Mike's the guy. He's not this toxic fan or anything. He calls it like he sees it. Diehard Benfica to the soul um, guy, but he calls it and how he sees it. That's it. I have a and spinoff your listeners might be interested in. I do every week. I do Liga 3 English where I cover the Portuguese third division. It is on my Mr. Benfica feed, but it is there is no no clubismo there except for this club right behind me, Calder Sport Club, my local club in the third division. But it's literally – I just run down the results. I talk about some of the players that are playing at that level. That that third division has produced players that have gone on to the first yep. – almost every season players make the jump from third to first. It's actually a, a – Decently run league for especially for Portuguese football. I'm shocked. There, there's things I don't like about it. Also, also, but um, it's it, I I do it all in about a half hour every week, and I just run down the results, the table. I look at who might be dropping into the Liga Three from the second division, and who might be getting promoted from the Campeonato Nacional Seniors. So, I do it at pretty fast pace, and. I always say, you know, we're talking about the teams from our hometowns now, not about yeah. the big three. Talking about the teams from the small towns and cities, north, south, central, and when they're there, the islands too. None yep. of this year. There's no teams from the islands this year yep. in the League of Three. But if anyone's interested, I do yep. put that out usually once a week. Yeah, definitely tune in. I listen, and uh, Mike's always well-prepared, always informative, and he knows the stuff. So definitely, definitely give him a follow, a listen, a subscribe, and hit the five stars on his show. Hit the five stars Thanks, on guys. our show if you like the show. Uh, leave a review. It will help both of our shows grow if, if, if you yes. leave a review there on his as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FC Portupod ENG. On Instagram, Portupod ENG. On Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And we will see you all on the next episode. Yeah.